warning. The stories on this podcast often feature disturbing and violent events that may be triggering to some. Listener discretion advised. Hello again, Nightmare Society. A big welcome to our newest official member, Tristan C. Thanks for the support, Tristan. I really appreciate it. Also, a really big thanks to our contributors for tonight's stories, Emir Nordsblood and user Whitney Renee B. These are some rather curious and very eerie experiences, which I thought would go well with our upcoming bonus episode over on patreon.com slash nightmare society, which is a special one. Thanks to Edwin L., who is one of our top-tier members. In this one, I'll be revisiting a previous special Halloween episode where I went over the missing 411 disappearances. If you missed that episode, it's available to everyone. It's episode 33 on the podcast from October of 2019. I highly recommend you check it out if you haven't. So, to the official Campfire members... Get ready for a few more mysterious missing 411 cases. And if you are planning on going camping or out to the woods anytime soon, you might as well go on and cancel those plans. So if you're interested in supporting the podcast, you can do so over on patreon.com slash nightmare society and become an official member. And if you're into more content, I release bonus episodes for our top tier. I'm working my way up to the 20th bonus episode, but I apparently can't count, so we're either at number 19 or 20. I'm not too sure, (laughs) which is another reason why we're doing a special episode. Anyway, on with our regular content. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. I have grown up and have lived in the north woods of Wisconsin. It's a lot of forests and a smattering of small towns in one, quote, city, about an hour or so from where I live, about 20,000 people. My town holds a population of roughly 600 people, pretty secluded and lots of forests. The first occurrence was about nine years ago. I was driving around down a back road outside of the city, bringing a friend home before making my way home. It was about 1am and pitch black out. There's no real street lights outside the city, and there are very rarely cars out that way so late in the night, so my headlights on my old truck were all that lit up the road. We were just sitting and shooting the breeze for a bit not really paying attention to our route that we had been down almost routinely. As I look back towards the road after some comment my friend made, my headlights pick up a large creature covered with hair in the road. Bears are super common in the area, so I instantly figured it was just a bear crossing the road. But bears usually hustle up when a car approaches them on the road, 
I got so close I thought I was going to have to swerve around this creature when it stood up on its two legs, towering above the reach of my headlights, and ran. Bears don't run on their hind legs. I slammed on my brakes and my truck screeched to a halt, and my friend and I looked at each other with wide eyes and asked if the other had seen that, almost in unison. I whipped the truck around and drove back to see if we could see what had been crouched in the road, but didn't see it again, so we headed back to my friend's house and I dropped him off. The whole drive back I kept a close eye on the road, thinking about that creature and comparing it to the local wildlife being a rather experienced outdoorsman, and it didn't match anything that I knew of. Again, bears cannot run on their hind legs, not like it did, not like a humanoid. This took place nearby where I live about six or seven years ago. A friend that I've had since childhood that lived near me had been asked to house and pet sit for a friend of his family and had invited me to stay and help him with the chores. The house was an old log cabin that had no water, was heated by a single wood stove and a max of two hours of power provided by four car batteries. The multitude of critters were all sick or injured animals that required more than basic care. Anyway, we had all the chores done, animals tended to, and we had decided to use our two hours of power to watch a movie. Happy Gilmore, I think. After the movie, it was about midnight, and with neither of us being tired, we decided to go out for a cruise down the dirt roads the house was on. The house, which has since been demolished by new owners of the property for a more modern house, was located at the top of a large hill in a very dense tract of woods. The closest neighbors were sparse and mostly old farms. The roads were mostly dirt and gravel roads with one that was old and weathered blacktop from decades ago. The roads on the hills out there have a lot of sharp turns and have a lot of ups and downs in them so that coupled with dodging the plethora of deer made for an interesting drive. As we were coming up over the top of a large hill, my buddy remarked that the sky was really bright. As we dropped down the hill, I noticed it looked to be fully illuminated and remarked that that was weird. From this point in the road, there was a couple of hills between us and the farm field that coincidentally bordered my cousin's property, so we couldn't see the field from this point. As we got to the next hill, he comments that it's probably just the moon, since it was a full moon that night. As we dropped down the second hill, I noticed in the rearview mirror that the moon was behind us, not in front of us. So, what was illuminating the sky? As I tell him this, we both look forward in anticipation of seeing the source of this bright light as we're coming back up the side of the last hill before we can get a clear view of the field. Just as we're about to crest the hill, the light folds up on itself, like a paper fan would, into a solid beam. The moment before we breach the top of this hill, the light shoots straight skyward and is gone without us getting a look at what was emitting this light. We speculated, 
and still do, that it was extraterrestrials. It wasn't the first odd thing like this to happen in the area. My cousin later told me that they had seen what looked like to be the typical bell-shaped glowing object in the sky and watched it disappear and instantly reappear over the huge lake our area is known for. 20 miles away, clear as day, that it was the same object. It hovered there for a couple of minutes and then shot straight skyward and was gone. I've seen an unexplained crescent of stars that I had never seen before over the farm that's close to my parents' house. They had a reddish tint to them and seemed too close for stars and had a massive radius. I stopped watching this and went back into their house as I was keeping an eye on the cats for them. I came back outside a couple of hours later for a cigarette and the crescent of stars was gone. But this incident with the light is a sequence that has been embedded in my mind. About four years ago, my ex and I were out by her parents' house in a densely wooded area in the northern part of Minnesota. We were staying the night there since we didn't visit very often, and they lived about three hours from where we were living at the time. They're at an intersection of two roads, across from a little bring-your-own-booze beer sales-only bar and one or two neighbors. We came in on the road that runs north and south and had to go left to get to their house. As we turned, we noticed that there was a garage sale sign to the right, and after getting our greetings out of the way and getting settled into the room we'd be staying in, we decided to go check it out. Country garage sales don't usually have such ridiculous prices, and we'll gladly haggle with you. And I love haggling for a bargain. As we went down the road and followed the signs for the sale, we noticed a little graveyard. My ex said she'd never been to it before and wanted to check it out sometime. We both had found enjoyment in hanging out in old graveyards and exploring them and finding old and unique headstones and taking pictures of them. We thought we might check it out later that night since it was towards the end of October and we were in the spooky mood. The sale itself was pretty uneventful, but I feel like it's worth mentioning. We followed the signs off the main road and down a couple of dusty dirt roads. As we were making jokes about hillbilly murderers, we come out into a large clearing with a single-story rickety-looking house, with multiple rusty old cars and a large group of scruffy-looking people centered around a large, smoking steel grill that looked homemade. The Picture of Hillbilly Murder we got out of my old truck and I saw that it looked like the group was a whole fan family. I asked them how they were doing and struck up a conversation with them, and they turned out to be some of the nicest people I've ever met, and gladly haggled over a few gems we found amongst a multitude of tents and piles of stuff, and waved goodbye as we made our way back down the road. That night we had watched some TV and it was about midnight and her parents were asleep and rather than having to be quiet and sneak around the house as not to wake them, we decided to make a visit to that cemetery we had passed earlier that day. We hopped in my old truck and headed out, excited to explore a new place. 
The graveyard is small and only has one road that runs through it in a U-shape. From what we saw earlier, it looked like it had been groomed recently. Probably one last mow before winter hit. It was surrounded on the three sides by very dense woods and had a couple of unique headstones. I pulled into the far side of the U and parked about halfway back towards the road. I always keep two headlamps and two handheld spotlights in the truck, just in case, and we grabbed the spotlights and hopped out of the truck. We walked back to the headstones furthest from the road, and we split up to look for the unique stones, and I was checking for dates for old stones. I wandered to the right and up to the trend line and noticed a small cluster of graves inside an old fence. I could see in my light that they looked really old and weathered, and were overgrown and looked neglected. I felt like getting in there and seeing how old these chipped and worn stones actually were, and found no lock on the gate. It seemed odd that it was so unkempt and that there was no lock on a fence that had been purposefully erected likely by a family, and actually felt pity for the forgotten plots. Even dead family deserves an occasional visit. I put my hand on the gate and it creaked open and lodged in the long grass. Instantly I was washed over by a heavy wave of freezing cold. I got a feeling in my gut that this wasn't the place I should enter and heard my ex call for me. I shone my light in the direction and walked back to her through the grassy lanes between the headstones, still feeling that sudden chill that came on. I had a strong feeling of something behind me, watching me, but I ignored this and found my ex. As we compared what we found, I tell her about the cluster of headstones in the fence on the edge of the woods. Just then we heard a sharp echoing crack emit from the edge of the graveyard around where I had found the cluster of headstones. The sound of a dry branch breaking had startled my ex, and to put her at ease, I told her it was probably a bear foraging for the coming winter. We agreed we should probably head out rather than deal with a hungry bear. I have to admit I was kind of glad to leave and hoping to get away from the feeling of being watched. As we walked back to the truck, I thought I had heard something moving in the grass behind us. It was faint, but I attribute my hearing it to my ears in the woods listening for sounds of my quarry, as I am a hunter. I stopped and pointed the light around, acting casually as I did so, to not alert my ex to the fact that I heard something. Nothing was there. As we hit the gravel road that I had parked the truck on, I heard it. Footsteps. I could distinctly hear footsteps on gravel, out of sync with ours. I knew it was no animal. It was the sound of gravel shifting under a boot. My ex looked at me as we walked back to the truck and wordlessly we agreed we needed to get out of there now. We picked up the pace but could still hear the footsteps behind us as we hopped in the truck and slammed the doors. We had left the windows open, and as I put the keys in the ignition, I could clearly hear the steps change into a sprint. I slammed the truck into gear and tore out of there, tires spitting gravel, as I heard a man's voice utter something unintelligible right as the steps caught up to my window. I looked in the rearview mirror, expecting to see some lunatic in the light of my taillights. There was nothing there. I flew out of there ignoring the stop sign at the entrance and gunned it back to her parents' house. 
and I've never been back since. My mother, stepfather, grandmother, brother, and two sisters live in a house by Lake Draper in Oklahoma. They have neighbors, but the area they live in is kind of rural. A couple of days ago, my mom was going through her phone and found three pictures. One of her sleeping, one of my stepfather sleeping, and one of my youngest sisters sleeping. They were taken at the beginning of April, around three in the morning. She has no history of sleepwalking, and every other family member has denied having anything to do with the photos. I know my family very well, and they wouldn't do something like that. I also have doubts that any of them would have been awake at that time. I'm just curious if any of you have experienced anything similar, or have a reasonable explanation. I'm including all three photos, but the strangest one of them is the pic of my mom. It appears as if whoever took the picture was kneeling down next to the bed beside her, almost by her face. The other two photos appear to be taken from above them. I should also make it clear that they have five dogs, all of which bark at any and everything. Because of that, we are confident it was not an intruder. Kyle here. I've included the photos on our Instagram, and for those of you on the online campfire, the photos are included on the following post. These are truly creepy photos. I can't imagine going through my phone one day and finding a photo of me sleeping in it, as well as other people in my home, knowing that I for sure did not take these photos. Also, there was someone who commented on this post something I thought was interesting. They said, I hate to be this person, but I live in the area, and Draper is known to have some bad things happening. Like, for example, when they drained and dredged the lake a few years back and found multiple bodies. That was like right before I moved here, and I heard it secondhand, so I was never really invested in the details. But there's some very weird energy around that lake. Enough that I know to definitely stay away. Just hearing the name always creeps me the hell out. Probably also a decent amount of spiritual unrest there as well. It can cause all kinds of wonky things. Like sleepwalking without a history of sleepwalking, etc. I would buy a cheap set of security cameras and put them in and around the house for good measure. And maybe to help figure out what's going on. And in yet another comment on this same post, someone shares a similar story. My wife and two kids, both in the 8th grade, moved into a home in an established but not old neighborhood. We had a pool and spent a lot of time hanging outside together. This was 2008, I think, and my son had just received a cell phone, his first device which he could take photos with. He was, and still is, very meticulous with his possessions. He takes great care of things. Everyone knows not to touch his stuff. One day near sundown, we were all outside near the pool, in generally the same area. My son brings his phone to me and asks, 
How does this happen? I checked the phone to see a photo of him taken from the front. He was standing exactly where I was sitting at the moment. He was gazing towards the sky with a serious look on his face. Next to him was a skeleton. The skeleton looked like it was photobombing the photo. It was three quarters of his height and every bone was visible, with the exception of the jaw. It was also partially inside him, sort of leaning in. The photo was really, really creepy. At the time, there was no one except his sister who might have taken the photo. We were new and they had no friends yet. He'd only had the phone a few days. I had no way at the time to save the pics with the technology available. I checked the menu to see when it was taken. The time displayed was zero hours and zero minutes. And the date was zero zero slash zero zero slash zero 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 zero. I didn't know that could even happen. I scrolled through his photos and found the usual goofy pics that a kid that age would take. I then found, mixed in with the normal photos, several pics of a black screen with random red dots. Looked like LED lights. No rhyme or reason to the patterns. Same date and time. All zeros. I told several friends about it and began looking into a way to transfer the pics to my computer. It requires software and certain cables I did not have. He then left the phone outside one day and it was ruined in a rainstorm. Months later, my daughter brought me her phone to show me the photo she had taken. They now had several friends. Included in the pics were some she had taken of two kids in her room who were spending the night and my son. Most of the pics were nothing to look twice at. About six were super weird. Same kids, but their faces and only the faces, were terribly distorted into strange, demonic-looking creatures. For example, long, witch-like chins, eyebrows that were extremely pointed, twisted and contorted faces. The background, furniture, etc. were not blurred or affected at all. My wife and I later had several unsettling events occur. A four-year-old great-niece told me a mean man tried to kick her while staying with us. We finally moved and the last day was filled with creepiness. We felt like a weight was lifted from us as soon as we moved. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time. Sweet.